If you don't know who I am, my name is Elijah Griner. I am the worship director here at New Life South Coast. So you see me singing a little bit, you know? I like to sing a little bit. When I was young, um, I wanted to be Brian McKnight, but God had other plans. He says, I made you for worship. And so you see me here always doing worship. I believe I'm living my best life with God. Um, I'm bringing the word today. I don't know if you could tell, um, I'm behind the pulpit. Got my iPad going, got my Bible right here. Uh, I'm ready to preach. I've been, um, you know, working and, and truly sitting and asking God what he wants me to say. And uh, a couple weeks ago, we were coming back from a conference and Pastor Marco, um, he always does, does these field studies when he does series. And he asked me, came up to me, um, I'm actually going to burn him. He was bringing Burger King at an airport. There was Chick-fil-A at the airport and he got Burger King. Um, we were a little upset, me and Drake. Um, but you know, God delivered us. We prayed about it and you know, we're good now. But as he was sitting down, he asked me, he's like, Hey, what would you preach on if you were going to preach on spiritual maturity? And I gave him my answer and he said, so how would you feel if August 22nd, you, you bring that and you share it with the church. And in that moment, my stomach shrunk and I'm brown. So I didn't turn red. I turned purple and for a quick second. And then I, I came to my senses and I said, why not? Let me just try it out. Um, but I truly believe God has a word for you today and we are going to lean in. So the past couple of weeks, we've been talking about spiritual maturity. The first week pastor brought the, the, the title of the message was the price of immaturity and which is a heavy message. We don't want to be that person who's uh, immature. We all know that person. We all have, we're all related to that person. And if you don't know that person, you're probably that person. And I'm talking about Uncle Rico. We all know Uncle Rico. Uncle, I have an uncle. Um, he's um, in Mexico now, but he always talked about the glory days. And I'm like, bro, you are 40 years old. Um, that was like 20 years ago. Um, but we all know that person. And last week he talked about mature habits. And I don't know about you, but I walked away. There was one thing I've always wanted to conquer. I'm not a morning person, so I wanted to conquer my morning. If you listen to any type of leadership guru, they said, if you don't conquer your morning, you miss out on your day. And so I've always wanted to conquer my morning. And Pastor Marco preached uh, about mature habits and I was crazy convicted. And so I went out on this venture and I've been waking up every morning, spending time in my word and in my prayer. And uh, I've been waking up with my kids too. I've been able to actually um, you know, feed them in the morning. Sometimes I, I do skip their breakfast because um, the Bible is just so good. I'm saying, you know what? I, I'll eat spiritually while you don't eat. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Don't, don't tell on me. I'm kidding. They do, they do eat. But I picked that up. And so today, we are going to talk about the bottom line. And we'll get into what the bottom line means. But I want to just tell you before I start. I got a lot of scripture. I got a lot of Bible. And let's be okay with that this morning. We're going to read a lot. I'm gonna let the Bible do the preaching. And like Pastor Marco said last week, I'm just gonna come in every now and again, just do some shadow box and be like, yeah, that's it. Let me expound on that a little bit. That's all I'm gonna do, all right? So go with me. We're gonna go on a journey. It's gonna be fun and let's get it. All right, so the bottom line, I'm gonna start with 1 Corinthians um, um, chapter 1, verse 26 through 31. It says this, take a good look, friends, at who you were when you got called into this life. I don't see many of the brightest and the best among you, not many influential, not many from high society families. Isn't it obvious that God deliberately chose men and women 
that the church overlooks and exploits and abuses, chose these nobodies, burn, to expose the hollow pretensions of these somebodies. That makes it quite clear that none of you can get by with blowing your own horn before God. Everything that we have, right thinking and right living, a clean slate and a fresh start comes from God by way of Jesus, amen. That's why we have the saying, if you're going to blow a horn, blow a trumpet for God, amen. I I joked to my wife and I said, if God can speak through a donkey, he can definitely speak through me, amen. So let's let's just preach, all right? But this verse from 2 Corinthians um, 5 verse 17 is where we're truly gonna anchor on And it says this, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. He is, we are a new creation through Jesus Christ. And we're going to anchor here. But before we jump into that, I want to ask you a question at home. And I want you to be super honest. It's going to be super serious. We're going to get super deep right now. Um, If we can zoom in, you can zoom in on my face right now because we're going to go there. How many of you, how many of us have dated or befriended a clingy person? Let me give you a second. Think of it. It's really deep. We all know that person, right? We all, we all know that person who, who, who's just a little bit too clingy. They like to latch on to us, right? Um, I kind of phrase it. It's an epidemic and I'm calling it the cling. Um, You know, there's, it's an epidemic and there's a lot of us out there who are have the cling. It's, it's pretty bad. But anyways, um, so how do you know if, if you're the clingy person? They always ask these certain questions. They are always asking, why do you love me? You like that question? Why do you love me? No, I don't like that question. Um, or the other one, which is, which is terrible, give me your location. What do you, wait, we're dating. Why do I got to give you my location? Baby, if, if, if you don't trust them now, you ain't going to trust them when you get married. You're just going to get amplified. No, don't give them your location. You're dating. Chill out until you're married. Then give you know, my wife always texts me. She's like, why are you at Marshall's? Um, uh, pray for me, guys. Um, uh, the third one, do you love me to the moon and back? We've all heard this one. To the moon and back. No, I've never been to the moon. I'm never going to the moon. If I was going to the moon, I'm going to get away from you. So I'm not coming back. No. Um, so we, we've heard that question. Or if... I died, would you keep dating or would I be your last love? So I asked my, me and my wife talk about that quite frequently. And I told her that if she were to pass on that, I unfortunately would remarry because I can't take care of my two kids alone. They drive me bananas. But I told her that she couldn't remarry because I would come and haunt her. So, um, you know, God is doing a work in my life through that. Or how many of us have dated that overconfident person that we ourselves become the clingy person? Yeah, I, it's okay to admit, I, I have become that person quite too many times. Um, I am the one who's asked, do you love me to the moon and back? And, and truly, <laughs> I say it all the time, but God is doing a work in my life and, and you can say, and the reason I, I, I'm talking about this, um, not just to be funny, not just to um, set up something dumb, the reason I, I bring this up is the person who actually deals with being clingy is because they're missing out on one of the three basic needs that we as human beings need. We lose these three things. If you can put up that next slide. They lost sight of who they are to this person. Two, they lost trust in what they mean to this person. And three, they lost knowing where they stand with this person. And that, my friends, is the bottom line. 
When we shape our identity off of missing one of these things, we are creating a false pretense and we build on something that's bound to crash and burn, not if, but when. And that's why I make that joke, the give me your location. If you don't trust the person you are dating or right now in marriage, you won't trust it. We know that in marriage, it's gonna burn. We know that something's gonna happen because you gotta start with, with, with like, I, I know where I stand with you. I know who I am. I am, when I was dating my wife, I am your boyfriend or I am your fiance. Now I am your husband. I have an assurance of who I am. I know what I mean to her. I know that she loves me and I know that I love her. I know where I stand. I am I am the leader of the house. I know where I stand. We are good. We, can't, we don't have to talk a couple days, but I still know that she is my wife and I am her husband. There's an assurance. I know the bottom line. And so we are all built this way. We're, no one's um, this perfect, except Jesus. No one is this person that can escape this. We are all built. We all crave these three basic things. And that's who I am. We all want acceptance. That's that emotional connection. We want that affection. And three, that stamp of approval. We want that affirmation. And I want to ask you this question. Have you ever caught yourself in a relationship or in a group and in an instant you're like, what the heck am I doing? Like, why am I in this group? I'm leaving more broken than, than I came in. Or why am I in this relationship? It's, it's super destructive. It's because they are giving the thing that we are looking for. They are feeding one of them and then they are covering the other two. We want purpose so much, right? Every single one of us wants purpose so much that we will pick up any identity to fit that purpose. So we will get in any relationship, we will get in any group for a purpose just so we can pick up an identity and we'll pick up an identity. We want purpose so much that we say, what we do is who I am. No, that's wrong. Who you are affects what you do. So it's backwards. So stop. You don't need that relationship if it's detrimental to you. I, I'm not gonna go down that route, but there's a craving that you want. And I'm coming up here today and I'm just making a case that Jesus fulfills every single one of those needs. That man, that, that lady, that woman, that group, they're not gonna fulfill you. And if they fulfill you right now, cool, it's momentary, it's temporary. There's gonna be a day when you wake up and you're gonna feel a lack of identity, a lack of purpose, and you're not gonna find it in a new group, then you're, you're just get, you're like, all right, I'll do this, but I'm gonna go find another thing. And then you're gonna be that person that's always doing something but doing nothing because you're looking for purpose, you're looking for identity, you're looking for that thing and you only are gonna find that in Jesus Christ. Amen, church, amen. So Christian maturity, so that's what we're talking about, we're talking about Christian maturity, is for the benefit of others. There's two sides of maturity. There's a, a world mindset of maturity, which over time, like fine wine is built over time, right? Or Rome wasn't built in a day, you know, mature stuff like that. Um, but Christian maturity is for the benefit of others. And how we phrase that is because the bottom line is our identity. If, if we don't know the bottom line, we lose our identity and therefore we can't love others as we love ourselves. We have to know who we are. We have to know where we stand. That's why it's love God, find my identity. I receive that through Jesus, through God. And then I love people as myself because I know who I am. Therefore I can love others. So Christian maturity 
And this is why the bottom line is so important. Christian maturity is for the benefit of others. It's not for the benefit just of me. Yes, I do get blessed. Yes, I get to have awesome experience. Yes, I do get to see healing in my family. I get to ask that, um, that Jabez pray, Lord, bless me, enlarge my territory. And then God granted my request. Amen. Hallelujah. I received that for myself. I received that for you. But more importantly, it's for others. Jesus said, I didn't come to serve. I can't, I, I mean, yeah, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. Sorry, I was creating a false theology right there. Uh, forgive me. But that's what Jesus said. So that's Christian maturity. But we only get there if we know the bottom line. And so I'm going to do it in three, the acceptance, the affection, and the affirmation. And I'm going to kind of rush through the first two because I really want to hit that, that third one. So acceptance. God accepts all of us. Romans 5, verse 6 through 8 says this. You can throw that up. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We were still sinners. So he accepts us as we are. Well, we were still sinners. I love that image because 2000 years ago, that's when Jesus died for us and rose for us. Not right now, back then, but he died then for us now while we were still sinners. So Jesus accepts us as we are. Romans 2, 4 says this, don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? He is kind, tolerant, and patient. He accepts us where we are. So he accepts us as we are. He accepts us where we are. But one thing I love about God, he is too good to leave us there. He leads us to who we're truly meant to be. One of my favorite stories is the adulterous woman. So the religious leaders of that day, it's a story in the Bible, um, the religious leaders of that day bring this woman who was caught in adultery. My first question is why didn't, why didn't they bring the man either? But we're just gonna leave that there. They brought the woman and they were gonna throw stones at her, meaning they were gonna kill her. It was part of the religious law in that day. And I love Jesus, he's, he's mad gangster. He says, you know what? I'm gonna do some graffiti in the sand. So he, he bows down or gets down, is drawing in the sand. And he said, he who has no sin cast the first stone. And one by one, they each drop the stone and they all leave. The woman's still there. Jesus is still doodling in the sand. And he tells the woman, where are your accusers? Where are those who are trying to condemn you? He says, now go therefore and sin no more. He accepted her as she was, where she was, but said there is something better than you. Go now and sin no more. Sent her off with true identity through Jesus. Amen. And let's put up John three sixteen. We all know this one. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And can we do Ephesians 2, verse 4 through 5? I'm telling you, there's a lot of Bible. I'm going to let the Bible do the preaching. I'm just going to come in with some shadow boxing, okay? Uh, but God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. So God loves you, that he gave his only son. Jesus loves you, that he gave his life willingly. 
And the Holy Spirit loves you, that he leads us every day and brings to life the words of Jesus Christ in us. Amen? And let's bring up Ephesians 1.4. Long before he laid down earth's foundations, he had us in mind, had settled on us as the focus of his love to be made whole and holy by his love. Every now and again, we do, um, I get to play paintball with a few guys. And one thing I, I suck at is paintball. Um, my gun was $15 off offer up. So that's the reason why I suck. If you know anything about, I don't know why I'm saying suck. I apologize. If you know anything about paintball, the, the power in which the gun shoots determines how accurate the ball is going to be. But because the ball has paint, I don't know the science behind it. The guys try to explain it to me. The wind picks up the ball, kind of makes it go this way instead of going this way. But there's some guys who have some legit guns that, you know, are like, kind of like sharpshooters and they'll hit you probably like eight times out of 10. And, you know, I, I had that mental image when I said the focus of God's love. I, I imagine one of those guys just shooting me, but I imagine God actually, you know, his love towards me. You know, God won't do that, but that's the mental image that came to mind. That It's like an archer shooting the target. It was focused right at you. You, you didn't happen to get the overflow. No, it was for you. God loves you so much that he gave his only son and Jesus loves you so much that he gave his life. Amen. So I, I, I want you to know you are accepted as you are, where you are, but God is not going to leave you there. He has greater purpose for you. He loves you that he gave his son. Jesus gave his life. We now have the Holy Spirit to lead us. And now God affirmed us. Now, this is really huge in this day and age right now. We want to be affirmed. Everyone wants to be affirmed. Certain identities or, or what we believe that we are, not going to really get into it, but God affirms us. But he doesn't affirm our sin. He doesn't affirm lifestyles. He affirms us, our true identity. So he doesn't affirm stealing. We know this. He doesn't affirm Dylan. I'm about to start rapping. He doesn't affirm sleeping around. Duh. He doesn't affirm drugs. He doesn't affirm being hateful to your brother. He doesn't affirm um, money, money under the table. He doesn't affirm these certain things, neglecting your family. He doesn't affirm that. What he affirms is our new nature. Therefore, if you are in Christ, you are a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. That's what he affirms. He affirms you like he created you. You are the image bearer, meaning that you are in the likeness of God, the triune God. So he affirms that every single one of us has that. We are affirmed as that we are a new creation in Christ and only through Christ, not before, in Christ. So he affirms us three ways, I believe. He affirms us as his children. Romans eight seventeen says this. Now, if we are God's children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. We are his children. We are heirs. That means we are princes and princesses. We are kings and we are queens. We share in royalty. I don't know about you, but that is pretty gangsta. If every time I read about Prince William and, or Prince Charles or any of those princes, I'm like, wow, that'd be so cool to like be Prince Elijah. Today you are. You are Prince and Princess 
your Princess Diana, if your name is Diana, you're welcome, set you up like that. But we are co-heirs with Christ. Again, only in Christ do we truly have this new nature. He affirms us as his children. How beautiful is that? He affirms us as his children. What is his is ours. We have an inheritance that we can't even think, dream, or imagine. You hear about all these miracles, right? You hear about um, all these blessings that come on people. That's a part of God's inheritance. And, and that's amazing. So he affirms you as his children. Now, I love my mama. I'm a mama's boy. Um, I am the baby boy of, of, of three. And so I, I still don't believe I'm the favorite. I believe my oldest brother is the favorite. He literally get every time we're down in Texas, he gets what he wants to eat. My mom's amazing cook. So he, he gets that. Um, my middle brother also, I believe is more favorite than I am. Uh, they're like Joseph and I'm like, you know, Joseph's brothers, you know, I believe, I, I don't believe that. I know my mom loves me. But anyways, I'm a mama's boy at heart and I know my mama got my back. So when my mama's around, I, I stand a little bit taller, you know, stand a little bit more, more, more buff, not, not too overweight like, you know, I am. I believe I'm in the 200 to 300. I'm not gonna tell you where I stand, but I believe I'm in there. But when my mama's around, you know, I, I'm, I'm a strong man and we share in that inheritance with God. You can stand tall, you can be buff in the spirit. Pastor Marco always says it, in the spirit he has a six pack and he, he's muscular and, and you know, I, when he said that I was like, me too, 300 all the way. In Jesus, you are that. You are an heir, you are a co-heir, you are a prince, you are a princess, you are a king, you are a queen. Amen? Receive that for yourself. And he affirms us as his dwelling place. Ephesians 2, verse 19 through 22. This one's a little longer, if we can get that one. The plain, that's plain enough, isn't it? You are no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here with as much right to the name Christian as anyone. God is building a home. He is using us all irrespective of how we got here and what he is building. He used the apostles and prophets for the foundation. Now he's using you, fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple built by God. All of us built into it a temple in which God is quite at home. What a picture. Ephesians 2.22 in the ESV translation says this, in him you are also being built together into a dwelling place for God. So we are the dwelling place of the spirit of God in us. The same spirit that rose Christ from the dead now lives in us. So when the spirit is in, when we have, when we are the dwelling place, we share in the authority and in the power of the name of Jesus through the spirit that rose him from the grave. First Corinthians three, verse 16 and 17 um, says this, do you not know that yourselves, you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst. If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. Wow. That's. That's pretty heavy. For God's temple is sacred and you together are the temple. And I love that image that us together are the temple. So us individual, each of us, God affirms as his dwelling place. But when we come together, we lock arms with Pastor Marco, with Pastor Lindsay, with everyone on the team. We are together the, the greater temple of God. We are the capital C 
church, but you are so important. God, so God affirms you individually as a dwelling place for his spirit. And that is an important thing to know. And he affirms us, affirms us as his handiwork. Ephesians 2 verse 10. Again, I told you there is a lot of Bible. The Bible speaks for itself and we just say amen. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. He affirms us as his handiwork. So we were created with purpose in mind. We were prepared with purpose in mind. We were created for good works. Now, I want to sit here for a second. Now, you can say, I can do good works not being a Christian. Yeah, but no. You can do works that are good. The difference is when we do something for somebody, when we're not connected with Jesus and and his spirit, we are doing something out of our own selves. And that's only temporary. That's only momentary. You're only doing something for that moment. And that's all it has. That's the only significance it has just for that moment, just in that temporary sphere of time. But when we do good works with Jesus behind us, before us, beside us, we are passing Jesus to the person as we are giving them the physical blessing, whatever it may be. We're not just giving them something. Yes, we are giving them something, but we're giving them something so much powerful through what we are giving them because we have Jesus in us and through us. So we are not just passing down a good work, we are passing Jesus who is the good work to the person that we are blessing. That's the difference. I'd rather be a person on the side of eternity blessing someone eternally rather than temporary. So I'm connected to Jesus, passing Jesus to this person who ultimately will do the saving. I'm just helping out in the moment. I'm just a vessel, I'm just an instrument. And so I become less and God becomes more. I want his will, not my will. I want to be used for his glory, not my glory. Isaiah 43 verse seven says this, bring all who claim me as their God, for I have made them for my glory. Amen. It is I who created them. God creates us and we are made for his glory to bring glory. Dre on Wednesday said that the angels in heaven say, holy, holy, holy. And God, he believes that God is showing a new side of himself. And that's why they're, they're, they're saying that. And we're here as well on earth saying, God, I give you glory. Holy, holy. I'm going to join the angels. God, I give you, I give you glory through the good works in which you called me to do. God, I give you glory in how you affirm me as your child. I give you glory, God, on how your spirit dwells in me. God, I created for you. So he affirms us. He affirms us in Jesus. We were created for a purpose. We were created to be the dwelling place of God. We were created as children of God. And so I don't achieve an identity. I receive an identity. I don't decide what I'm going to be it usually comes the person I'm attached to, which gives me the identity and then feeds that. Tim Keller says it this way, the question isn't who I am, but whose I am. Who I belong to determines who I become. Who I belong to determines who I become. If the person I'm dating 
is, is giving me identity. I become who they want me to. So they accept me for what they want. They love me for what they want. They, 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 uh, they affirm me for what they want, not who I truly am. God does it the opposite. He affirms you for who you were created to be. He accepts you for who you were created to be. He loves you for who you were created to be in the image of God, to have communion and relationship with God. He loves you. He accepts you. He affirms you as being a child of him, an heir, a co-heir with Christ. That's who you are. You become who you belong to. So our maturity in Jesus is dependent in understanding that he is not a part of my identity, that he gives, guides, and builds my identity. He is the source of it. He's not the side, he's not the side project or he's not the side chick. Lord, you're not a chick. I'm just using it as just an image. Um, He's not the side. He is the whole thing, baby. He is all of it. He is the source of my identity. He gives it to me. He guides me in it. And he builds my identity in him. And, you know, we're New Life South Coast, so we have to give you some action steps. Because we don't want you just to hear a mess and just walk away and and forget it. We want you to actually walk out this life with Jesus. And years ago, I heard it this way, quantity leads to quality. We all want that quality thing, but it's it's how you spend, how many times you spend with it that will lead you to that. Truly how I actually became so in love with my wife is the times we spent together. The more times, it wasn't just, I mean, if it was just that one time that we spent together and I'm in love with her, I again am that clingy person or I'm that crazy person. But luckily God is good and I'm not that dude. We spent time together and slowly but surely cultivated this love that we now have that is now in the form of two little girls that I love so much. But it was the quantity of time that we spent together that led to quality time. What you feed grows. What you don't dies. If I didn't spend time with her, that, 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 that would have died. We would have never been together. My girls would have never been here, but I fed it. I said, I, 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 want, I actually do, I, I want you to be my wife one day, so I'm gonna keep feeding that. I want you to see me as, you know, Mr. Mr. Macho, you know, Mr. Mr. Sexy when we're married, I mean, not when we're dating. You're not supposed to do that. Stop that, y'all get out of here. Get out of here, stop playing them games. But I wanted her to look at me, Mr. Strong, so I was working out, you know me. Anyway, I'm not going down the road. What you feed grows, what you don't dies. John C. Maxwell says it this way. Successful people do daily what unsuccessful people do occasionally. Now this ties in right to what Pastor Marcus says, mature habits. But here at New Life South Coast, we're going to say mature people do daily what immature people do occasionally. So you got to put your feet to the ground and you got to do it daily. And, and this is how we do it. You can put it on my next slide. We do it in these ways. And it's going to require you to do it every day. It's, you're going to get tired. You're not going to want to do it. It's okay. You're human. I get it. I'm the same way. Some days, I'll be really honest, transparent with you. Some days I wake up in the morning and I'm like, oh God, I don't want to pray. Uh, But help me, Lord. I I literally, this literally some of my prayers. I love you, Lord. All right, let me just get up, go pee, and then I'll get up and I'll read. That's literally my prayer. But I believe God honors it, honestly, because I get up and I I read the word and, and it stays with me through the day and throughout the week. So it's just, all it is is consistency. 
everything that you do, you have to do with, especially if you want to be great at it. I, I'm also, I'm, I'm a boring dude, so I'm trying to pick up habits. So paintball was one. Apparently, I like the, the action of shooting people. God's working on me. And then the other side, I, I want to pick up golf. And I've recently understood that it's very expensive, but it's low impact sport. I don't got to break a sweat. Count me in. I don't like working out, so I'd rather do that. So I'm picking up golf and I'm watching like these videos on Tiger Woods and I'm like, oh my gosh, the dude's amazing. And then on the other side, I'm like, he's just hitting a ball. It's not that hard. I went putt-putting. It's really that hard. And, but I've understood that it takes the quantity of time, the consistency that's actually going to lead me to actually be an okay. I'm, not, I'm never going to be Tiger Woods. Well, you never know. I could wake up one day and, you know, hit that slugger right out of there. Amen. But you got to do it consistently. Remember, quantity leads to quality. Successful people do daily what unsuccessful people do occasionally. So prayer, prayer is important. And if you want to learn about prayer, we have a whole lesson. I think it's six lessons that one of our prayer leaders, she's actually our care department leader, Adriana Sanchez, did. And she is a phenomenal teacher on prayer. She's, she's just a phenomenal person in general. She teaches about prayer. And you can find that out on our TV app on Apple, or I sound like a salesman right now, Apple TV or Roku, or our MOBA app. If you have a phone, you can download it there and they're all there. And again, simply prayer is just communication. How, how do you build a relationship through communication? You have to talk to each other to actually build a relationship. And that is, that's all it is. It's a relationship. And again, truly transparent, it's a discipline for me. It's not something that I grab. I know, I know that made me not sound super spiritual. I'm fine with it. You should be fine with it too. It's a discipline for me. On my phone, I have four reminders to say, that just say pray or pray for staff, pray for church, pray for team. Because it's a discipline for me and I care about it too much to miss it because I, I, I get in the groove and I, and I just miss a lot of things. And so I, it's important to me. So I just set reminders on my phone. It's not, it's very spiritual, but not very spiritual at the same time because it's literally telling me, Siri's telling me to pray. Amen. She's getting saved. Uh, I just, wow. Hey, glory to God. Apple, you're welcome. Um, worship. So Maverick City Music. I wish you could take us home with you. I wish. I mean, I'm up for hire. So if you want to hire me, go ahead. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'll get in trouble. I'll get in trouble. Um, but Maverick City Music, the reason why I put Maverick City Music is because one of their songs is 29 minutes. I'm kidding. I need to stop joking. We're going to a concert, right, with Maverick City Music. And I told um, one of the, I think I told Bennett, I said, they're only going to do three songs. That's going to be the whole concert, two hours, just three songs. Um, I'll let you know. I'll come back with a testimony about that. But Maverick City Music, their songs are seven to 15 minutes. And all it is, it just gets you in the flow. It just gets you in the flow. Again, it's, it's the quantity that leads you to quality. And, and you just do that once a day or, or twice a day, whatever, whatever your schedule looks like. You sit there, you listen to this music, and you just let it get in your, get in your soul. You just listen. Now, then next, you listen to the words. Next, you memorize, memorize the chorus. Next, you memorize the bridge. Next, you memorize the verse. Before you know it, you're singing the song. And as you're singing the song, something in your spirit wakes up and says, wow, you are good. You are good. Wow, God, you are good. You look back on the faithfulness of God. It, it's not that hard and it's not that complicated. It's that simple. So Maverick City music is my favorite. There are a ton, but Maverick City music is my favorite. And you got to get yourself in the word. Now, I know a lot of people say that they don't like to read. That's fine. Um, I used to be that way. 
but now I love reading. I don't know. God, I feel like God woke something up in me and I just read every day. I literally read three different books a day. Uh, well, I read two, two books in the Bible and then a different book. So I count it as three different books just because I want more, you know, I want to say, ooh, I read three books. Um, but you need the word of God in your life because how are you going to live out if you don't know what he says about you? How are you going to understand if he loves you, if you don't know that he died for you and rose three days later to give you resurrection power over the sin that you're having trouble overcome, that he overcame it already. And now you can live a life in freedom, not slave to sin, but free from it through Jesus Christ. You only know that if you have the word of God in your life and in your mind and in your heart. And you only do that if you read the word of God. Yes, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. That is great. But truly, I want to know what he says by, through my own lens, with my own heart. I want to do some homework. I want to know him. So you got to get in the word. And the greatest one is the message or NLT. And if you're the person who doesn't like to read, again, um, you can watch the Bible. There's some, there's some TV shows out there that you can watch the Bible. You're welcome. Or you can listen to it. There's, there's definitely a ton of options. And then community. Join the mission is coming up. If you've been coming to church online, if you've been coming to church, you need to get plugged in to a team because you're not just joining a team, you're actually gaining a family and, you're, and you come alive. I truly came alive. In Texas, I was a, I'm a church boy, right? And I truly came alive when I said, God, I'm going to build your church and you come alive. So join the mission, September 13th. You got to join a cruise, September 12th. That's when we launch. Crews are the lifeline of our church. We're, we are a big church and we just want to make it smaller. And that's how we get to do it that way. We literally get to be the first church of Acts all over again in our 21st century life. We get to go into homes and what greater way to go into home and to preach the word of God or, or to talk about the word of God. Or just to be real, just say, hey man, I'm struggling. And a whole group come behind you and pray for you. Crews are essential to your life. Trust me. And then weekend services. Every weekend, we're here. There's not a Sunday we're missing. We're here on a Saturday night, so you don't miss a Sunday morning or Sunday evening service. We care about this. We, we love this. We truly believe that we are a melting pot of people coming together to lift the name of Jesus. That faith, yes, comes now by hearing and hearing the word of God. Now we get our plans, get to go out and be the hands and feet of Jesus. You need to get to church every Sunday. And when we come on Saturdays in the future, in Jesus' name, I love them. We got, we got to sow, we got to go longer too um, in worship, which, you know, I like, I like, I like worship. So um, every weekend, come to church. Trust me, you will not regret it. And so the bottom line, Jesus accepts you as you are, where you are, but he's not going to leave you there. He's too good. He wants to get you to who you really are in him. And he loves you. He gave his one and only son for you. And Jesus gave his life for you on a cross. He willingly gave his life for you on a cross. And now the Holy Spirit, which dwells in us, those who have accepted Christ and leads us in this life to truly be the hands and feet of Jesus to a lost and dying world. And he affirms you, not in your sin. He affirms you in who you truly are, a child of God, a dwelling place for his spirit and his handiwork. He prepared you for a purpose. You have greater purpose in you to do the good works of Jesus. You're passing this living word, this freedom of Jesus to others. And so if you would, we're gonna take a moment and we've been doing this every week, but we're online today. So we're gonna create the same moment where we're gonna let you just soak in worship. The band is gonna come and do a song. But for those who are watching and you felt lost and you're broken, and like I said, you were a part of a group or in a relationship and you didn't know why you were there. 
I wanna tell you there is a person and he loves you. He died for you and he wants your heart. He wants to be the Lord of your life. He wants to free you from that shame. He wants to free you from that weight. He wants to break the chains that that addiction has on you. He wants to help you through an abusive relationship. He wants to help you through that divorce. He wants to help you through if you've fallen in adultery. He wants to walk you through it and truly give you the identity in which he wants to give to you who you really are. So if you would, just right now, at your home, if you can, if your kids aren't going buck wild, if you can, bow your head and just close your eyes and just say this simple prayer with me. Jesus, I am a sinner. I am one of the worst sinners in the world. That's, that's me too. But God, I need you. I am in need of a savior. So would you take that place? And would you be my savior and my Lord and my King? So right now, August 22nd, I give you my heart, my soul, and my mind. And from today on, I will be yours forever. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. If you prayed that prayer, text uh, Jesus that number, and we want to just connect with you. We want to give you some free resources to help you grow in this walk with Christ. I love you, and we'll see you next week. God bless you. We hope this talk has encouraged and challenged you. If it was helpful, share with a friend. For more info, visit newlifesouthcoast.com. Until next time, have a blessed week.